Hello and welcome to the Points of Brew podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Points of Brew podcast with me, Stephen Carter. And this week I'm joined by Jonathan from S43 Brewery. How are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good, all things considered, with uh, with what's going on in the world. So it's been a, yes. a a month or two since I last recorded, but needless to say, the world is pretty much in the same state that I left it uh, at the last episode. So, you know, we, we, Tell me about it. we find ourselves still in a lockdown with COVID running right and disrupting <clears throat> everybody's plans inside and outside our industry. So... With that, you know, are we, considering that, are we not probably well, in a worse off position than we would have been when well, you last recorded the podcast? Well, probably, yeah. I mean, I think we, I think the last time we recorded, we were probably technically out of lockdown, uh, mm-hmm. but obviously now we find ourselves in a in another in another lockdown. Stay indoors, don't go anywhere, don't speak to anybody, don't touch anybody. Yeah. So, but yeah, you actually got out of a lockdown though, didn't you? Like you actually managed to enjoy some form of tier two restriction mm. yeah in yorkshire whereas in in the northeast we've pre- since i think when did the re- when did they reduce the tiers like oh. the beginning of october yeah something and then like we that. got put into tier three like two weeks into october and then we've essentially not been allowed to socialize properly since the middle of october mm. So. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been crackers on it it's you know we yeah. we had a, a brief respite in the summer which seems so so long ago that i think i managed to mm-hmm. get I had a, a weekend in manchester and two trips out locally <laughs> to go drinking um and then that was it and then like you say then in, then came the tears um yeah in more ways than one and then parts of yeah. us were locked down and, and for us in particular i'm i'm in west yorkshire but i'm ever so close to the border of north yorkshire so okay. 10 minutes from me is the border to north yorkshire and they were in mm-hmm. tier two, and then we got lumped in tier three. So all our pubs, restaurants, everything was shut. But if you went ten minutes away, they were open. But obviously, you couldn't mm-hmm. you couldn't cross the borders over into that. So then that then then we went into tier three, and then North Yorkshire went to tier three. And bizarrely, for albeit about three or four days, Yorkshire stayed in tier three, where everyone else in tier four. And then we all went into this <laughs> massive massive lockdown, which I don't I don't know how, yeah. given we were we probably still are one of the worst affected areas to date i don't know how we avoided going into the biggest lockdown again considering everyone around us including yourself manchester mm-hmm. liverpool that sort of very went into the highest restrictions i have uh, i have no idea but there's there's a lot of uh, yeah i mean i think a lot of it has to do with like even if your case rates are high it depends on like how your nhs is coping in your area and stuff like mm. that so even though like i don't think cases were very high in newcastle I don't. I think the NHS capacity was like very limited up here, so mm. they just kind of and and like we're still we're in Durham. It's a half an hour drive to Newcastle, but mm-hmm. we're still lumped in with Newcastle in the yeah. kind of area. So and the, like this Teesside was just down the road from us, which is an equal distance from Newcastle as it is as Durham is. It, like Durham to Teesside and Durham to Newcastle are the same distance, mm. and Teesside was in tier two. Newcastle was in tier three or, or tier four or whatever, even they put it in by the end. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, it was a bit frustrating to be in the situation that we were in for so long. Yeah, but yeah, it's, everyone's in the same situation now, aren't they? So, well, this is it, and and in some respects, it does kind of eradicate that those grey areas, doesn't it? That if everyone is abiding yeah. by the same rules, and at least there's not well, they can do this and I can't do that, and like I said, this this border 
like you've got Chloe and we had here that well 10 minutes over there it's different to 10 minutes here so in some respects it is a little bit easier and I don't want to say better but it's easier to understand at least you know what I mean there was there was so many stories of people like getting on the trains to go to like York mm. and like jump on the train and go like drinking in York and stuff Mm -hmm. it's like if if you're gonna if you're gonna allow different places to be in different situations sorry i, I don't want to get incredibly political because this is a BA <laughs> podcast <laughs> but um as long as long as you can allow some form of if you if you can give an inch people will take a mile oh, 100%. and if it comes to like going out and drinking and enjoying your lives i think people will like if mm. anything is to go by it um my birthday is at the end of march and I should, like, if we're in the same situation by the end of March, I'll have had two birthdays in lockdown. Mm. So, like, if there was an opportunity to potentially go and have a pint in a pub, I would probably try and take that opportunity. I mean, I wouldn't because I'm a sensible human, but mm-hmm. there is some people out there who would just be like, well, last year I didn't get to go celebrate, so this year I will. Yeah. So I, no. can, I can empathize with them people. It's not the right thing to do, but people are definitely fed up at the minute. So oh, if everyone's mate. in this... Everyone's under the same rules. There's less leeway. There's more clarity. People mm. just want everything to be over with now, don't they? Yeah, well, that's it, mate. And like you say, we won't spend much longer on it, but it's you can understand why people are frustrated with it. And certainly when, when we were looking, because we love going to York, we're about 40 minutes drive away from York. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my wife, we both studied there, went to uni there. She lived there for a while. And we've said, well, we, we could go there, but we didn't because we know we shouldn't and we might have got turned around or yeah. fined or what have you. But like you say if the opportunity is there for people to jump on a train, drive in the car to, to wherever to, to go chance their arm yeah. at it, basically, you can understand why they do it, don't you? Because like you say, people yeah. do want to, you know, get back to some level of normality, um, mm-hmm. which is understandable. But mm-hmm. with the way with the way things are going at the moment, obviously the government uh, are quite keen to, uh, to to keep us locked down and keep us keep us safe are they really so. i think the way that they're doing it now is the close is the quickest way we can get to some form of normality definitely um and i think people jumping on trains and going all over the country just to get a pint and stuff might have gotten gotten some normality to a degree but mm. if we all just stay inside knuckle down for a few months and just hope that things that we are being promised actually happen then we might actually have some normality sooner rather than later. And I just hope that they keep the restrictions on as long as they need to be on yeah. and don't lift them thinking, oh, well, the case numbers are uh, they're going down because if you lift them when the case numbers are just going down instead of at like a completely manageable level, they're just going to go back up again. So Yeah, well, this yeah. is it. And, and like you say, hopefully by the summer, when the weather turns a bit warmer, people, immune systems start going right way and you know things get a yeah. bit better, then hopefully we'll see the industry be you know bars pubs restaurants that sort of thing open back back up a little bit and even if it is just the same as what it was in the summer last year you know you have to yeah, book a give, table or just restrict me, numbers just something you know just something yeah just give me something <laughs> let me let me be able to go into a pub even even if i just have to go in and i have to sit down and i have to stay sat down and if i'm not sat down i have my mask on like anything like that, I'll be happy mm. to do because at least it's like some form of normality to a degree. Um, yeah. I mean, with like there's all at least there's vaccines now. That's the big thing. So yeah, yeah, exactly. That's giving that that's making the the first two three months of the year that could be utterly dreadful. At least mm. seem like they might pay off because at least you know that 
there will be something to look forward to. Yeah. Well, this is it. And and I said for, for a lot of it is the results or the resultant sort of consequence of the, the hospitality industry of the booking tables, not being able to walk around table service. There are certain elements of that that I actually thought were better because of that. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, like you say, table service, people not wandering around, you know, having your own space, all of yeah. those things I, I, I thought were actually better and beneficial to, well, to the industry yeah, in certain things, yeah. certain ways. I know it's sort of, some people don't like table service and I, the, the whole booking tables and people cancelling or not turning up that I, I couldn't abide by and that I, I hated, you know, people, especially mm-hmm. with everything that's going on. It's bad that you don't, in the best of times, that you don't acknowledge or let somebody know that you're not turning up. But especially now or then when mm-hmm. money was so important to any yeah. and all business, that that really sort of ground my gears looking from a an outside in yeah. point of view. But yeah, yeah I mean... if... Cause I come from a hospitality background as well, so like it's really frustrating, especially mm. if you think like someone could have just walked in and gotten that table. Um, it, but I, I do completely agree with you. Like, I, I enjoy a busy pub, but mm. I also enjoy being able to sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. Um, and when the pubs weren't allowed to be completely packed, and you had to say stay sat down at your table, and people were just coming over and taking your drinks order when your pint was empty and stuff like <laughs> that, that's mm. probably that's the most ideal situation for me to be in yeah. kind of, have you ever been to america before no i haven't i haven't because um me and alex the head brewer at s43 uh, he's american mm. uh, we're talking about this a few months ago it's like in america bar service isn't that much of a thing like mm. generally you, you will even if you even if you sat at the bar you're still sat at the bar and the bartender comes over to you. Um, right. But generally they'll have someone who's going around waiting on the tables, even in a bar, because that's mm. how obviously they make their money because they get tipped on every table they serve. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but it's just a really nice way to do things because you're actually like, you're not having to interrupt your conversation to go up to the bar. You're not having to like wade your way through crowds of people to get a drink and stuff. Exactly. Like, I'm sure there's places where that do bar service in America, but from the limited experience I've had over there, you do generally, you sit down, you get a table and someone comes over and takes your drinks orders. Mm. Um, but then they get tipped for that, which I'm sure that people in the UK might not be so uh, easy to do. But but it, it might it's... it might become a thing though, doesn't it? You know, because then that's yeah. down to the, the server or the waiter or waitress. Then that's their hosting, their skill, their salesmanship almost, isn't it? To, yeah. to warrant having a tip. I know that America is a much more tip-driven country because they obviously they get paid less and compensate yeah. for the, the discrepancy with the tips but for me if if that was part of the experience if they actually added something or made the experience better through that interaction then i'd be more because I, I must admit i'm not a very frequent tipper but if mm-hmm. it was something that I was getting added value out of or you know they were giving yeah. me something better and a better experience for it then i'd, I'd definitely give them something for that but that's absolutely down to the that's down to the individual server or or waiter at the time isn't it i suppose so yeah yeah so but moving sort of (laughs) away from it but staying sort of similar to it then what what have you been uh, outside of brewery life what have you been doing to keep yourself busy then outside of Uh, outside of the brewery uh what can you do at the minute Mm, that's the thing in it well what have i been doing um i've been trying to get out for walks enjoying the outside when mm. it hasn't been i mean i feel like 
it's it's been a bit of a weird one because the weather last summer was glorious every day. Yeah. And then I think it's rained consistently from October <laughs> every day until like the last week and then it's just snowed. Mm. Um but I I like the snow, so I'm not complaining about that. Um I have been doing just generally what I think most people have been doing during like lockdowns. Like I've I've baked more things than I've probably ever baked in my life. Mm. Um I cook is like a little bit more. I got a pizza oven, um, one of them like oh, uni cool. ones. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I spent like I'd been making like frying pan pizzas and try to get my dough like to a good level, and then mm. literally just got gas for the pizza oven yesterday. So I made my first pizzas on that. So that's oh, going to be like my next thing. Just trying to make the best possible pizzas I can in my garden. Um, Happy days. What else have I been doing? There's a guy. Um, who owns a bike shop who's building a bike for me um mm. so i'm hopefully going to start cycling more this year because i used to cycle a lot when i was younger and just kind of became lazy <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah like, during the lockdown last year i really missed like just being able to actually go out and cycle and whatnot um yeah. so it's definitely spurred me on to do some more um yeah. but yeah i mean other than just general Netflix and life. Not a, there's not a great deal you can do this year. So no, well, like say, in general life. There's not a lot of general life that's been able to happen, is there? Really? So it's no. like you say, a lot of it's just work, come home, Netflix, movie, beer, yeah. Yeah. gaming, whatever, TV, whatever, and that's that's about rinse and repeat, isn't it? You know, so it's, yeah, like you say, it's, it was it was it was easier during the summer because at least if you it wasn't dark, it wasn't cold, it wasn't wet, it wasn't snowy, then you could have go out for a walk or do something like now. It's dark at about four o'clock. You get home, yeah. it's dark outside. It's cold and wet outside. You don't want to go for a walk or a run or cycling. Yeah. You just shut yourself inside, don't you? So yeah. it's it is it is tricky. But I, I must admit, we've um, me and my missus, we've said that we did some sort of cooking and baking. In the sort of the first lockdown and during this one, we've said that sort of we, we're going to try and do a bit more of that and just do something on a weekend because you know we we work Monday to Friday, we don't work weekends. Yeah. So come Saturday, Sunday, we, we need summit to do when you can't mm-hmm. go anywhere. You know, you're locked in house for seven days a week. It's just well, yeah. So you know, she she's just started picking up playing The Sims a bit while I'm playing on the <laughs> Xbox. I've I've, I've I've acquired an addiction to Fortnite on the Xbox, so that's so yeah. It's, it's funny you say that. My girlfriend's literally about to start building a computer as we speak because she's going right. to start playing. She plays The Sims on a laptop, but she's like mm. sick of the laptop crashing all the time. So she's yeah. building a computer specifically for The Sims. But I don't really game. Um, mm. So like I've, I've, I used to, I really enjoy Star Wars Battlefront games when I was young. Yes. Um, and like, I know it's a total like stereotype lad thing, but like I, I really liked FIFA. I don't like football, mm. but I really enjoyed playing FIFA. Um, yeah. But other than that, I just don't have the attention span for it. Yeah. So yeah. like, it's, yeah, yeah, just it, it is one of them things that you sort of you either I, I think it's one of them. There's no real in between. You either you do or you don't. Mm-hmm. There's not many. You know, there's not one of them things that you can jump in Dab and out it. of. Yeah, because yeah. obviously you, don't you need want to, to have five hundred yeah. pounds on a PS Five to like just play it every now and then. Yeah, you exactly. Get your money's worth. Exactly. Yeah, so, as, as you'll probably find out, or your girlfriend would find out that building a PC can be quite expensive as well. And like you say, you don't go to that length just to dabble once a month or something. You, uh, you, she's she's managed to do it actually really cheaply. Um, right. Okay. Her, bro- her brother's like really into like tech, 
Mm. Um, so he's like managed to find us some good websites to get stuff on. He mm, got good. a graphics card on eBay for like a really good price, and mm. apparently they're really hard to come by at the minute because of yeah. Bitcoin and yeah, other oh, things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she's managed to do it. Like I'm surprised at how cheaply she's gotten it done because mm. you you'd be spending the same amount of money on like an okay laptop for what she's essentially getting a gaming computer for. So yeah, yeah, you definitely get more bang for your buck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you can you could go into Curry's PC World or whatever it's called and spend fifteen hundred quid on like a computer, but if you just got all the parts yourself, took the time to research how to build it, had a mm. helping hand, then you're probably actually gonna get something for like half that price. So yeah, so, yeah. I think it's, it's the always, same in every been industry, the way. isn't it? Really, whatever yeah, your hobby always... is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's always been the way that if you buy the components and knock it up yourself, it's probably about a third cheaper in a lot of cases sometimes yeah. you know it's, it's obviously you can build it to your spec then and you can do it how you want it but if you just want to work out of the box then you pay you know you pay mm-hmm. for that privilege like you do buying a console like i'm a i'm a console gamer not a pc gamer but for me that's why because i buy a console i know what it can do i put a game on and that's it <laughs> I, don't have to, I don't have to build it myself i don't have to upgrade it or what have you and i just accept that after four or five years i'll have to buy another one and that's it that's just yes. I just like these. I just like the ease of it. So that's that. You that's sound me. very much like me. <laughs> I'm much oh, more yeah. like I, I have friends that like I, I play guitar and like mm. I have friends who are like really into like um they'll find like the most obscure like amps they can get, the most mm. obscure like pedals they can get, like but it, it requires a lot of research and like finding a really good bargain. Whereas I'd rather just be like get me a good guitar, get me some mm. decent pedals and a decent amp, and as long as they all work and sound good then, like, I'm happy with that. Yeah, job done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, some things I do, like, you know, that you like taking your time and looking into, but for me, I just like an easy life, if I'm being honest, mate, to be (laughs) honest. So... I, de- I wish, I really, really wish I was one of them people who could like just proper get invested in something and mm. be like, I'm going to build a computer, I'm going to make this, I'm going to do this, but like, I'd rather, I'd rather be doing the doing. So mm. like, I'd rather have the thing there for me and then just be able to do it. Like, yeah. I get, I, th- that's probably like the two different type of people there are in the world really, isn't it? So yeah. Yeah, it's a very yeah. Phil- philosophical beer podcast we've got. Yes, going. We've, we've, we see we cover many many different subjects just beyond craft beer, mate. It's it's, it's, it's an all encompassing all encompassing podcast. So so yeah, we, uh, we don't we're not we're not pigeonholed just into beer, but uh, but with that in mind, mate, we'll um, we'll take a short pause there, and then we mm-hmm. will dive more into the beer chat, and we'll uh, we'll look into more about yourself and your journey with S forty three, and uh, go from there. Cool, sounds good. Right, so welcome back, everyone. So, Jonathan, tell us how did you uh, how did you end up working at S forty three then? Um, so I worked at um, a restaurant that is a very popular chicken restaurant. Hmm. Uh, the one that the one that grills it, not the one that deep fries it. <laughs> um, so I worked there for ten years. Uh, I don't want to say the restaurant's name just in case, you know, people in get funny about listening. things. Yeah. Um, nothing bad about them, but yeah, yeah, people get funny about things, don't they? Mm. Um, so I worked there from 10 years. I started when I was at university. Um, 
did something completely separate at university and when I finished there um I went and did some like work experience on what my degree was um and I just kept on going back to the restaurant job um in between doing the odd jobs from my degree and I was just kind of thinking I think I prefer the restaurant job more mm. um so that was how old were I been then like 22 um mm-hmm. so then I was like oh like how do I progress in the restaurant and stuff and then they were like like they gave me all the options um did like a couple of years just working full time and just working hard and then I got promoted to like a supervisor then I got promoted mm-hmm. to being a manager um and I was a manager for 5 years um okay. and when you work at this restaurant chain um, which is a really good thing to be honest they give you a sabbatical every five years um, okay so you get a month off paid for every oh, five wow. years you work there um my first one i'd only just been promoted to manager so i didn't really have much money so i didn't do much with it but then the mm-hmm. second one uh, i managed to save up a bit of money and whatnot and uh, went and did like a full europe um interrailing trip Okay. Uh, went to like six different cities, spent like three weeks just traveling around Europe and it was like really awesome. Um, and I just got back from that sabbatical and kind of was just a bit miserable about going back to work. Um, it wasn't Which is really, understandable. Yeah, well, it wasn't really <laughs> the job I wanted to do. I didn't really, it wasn't the job that I'd wanted to do for a few years, but I just didn't know what else I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I came back and I was like, right, I need to get out of it. Um, and this was September 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I downloaded Indeed, um, searched for jobs in the area, and the S43 brewery job was the first one that I applied for. Wow. Um, so I went for the interview, um, met a couple of guys at the brewery, went for the interview with the old brewery manager, and um, then I went for a second interview with the operational director who like owns the company that owns S43. Um, mm-hmm. And they offered me the job the next day. However, oh, wow. I was then, I was living in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, the job was in Durham. Um, and just the way everything was falling at the time, I just couldn't accept the job. Um, the flat I was renting was a bit too expensive. Like, the amount of money I'd have had to put in my car would have been a bit too much for the commute. Uh, the car that I had at the time was falling to bits anyway, so it was rubbish. Um, I just thought, like, it's too much of a risk to take the move. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I turned it down. But I kept in touch with, like, uh, I kept in touch with the guys because I'd, like, added them on Facebook and whatnot. Mm. Um, and, like, I still talk to them every now and then. And then in December my girlfriend got offered a job at a hospital in Durham, um, okay. which was like base. It was like the job that she'd wanted to do ever since she'd finished her degree. And she had been like working to do and all that kind of stuff. So as soon as she got offered that job, I was like, well, we're going to have to move to Durham. Um, I can see if that job's still available at S43. So I messaged Alan, the old brewery manager. And I said like, can I come for a chat? Mm. Um, and, went for a chat with him and he basically said, look, the job's still there if you want it. Um, and I told him there on the spot that I did, went home, uh, rang my old job and told them that I was going to hand him my notice. Um, they 
that was probably that was literally like a couple of years ago at the day as well. So it's pretty oh, wow. pretty cool that that was a year ago. Um, because I'd worked there for so long, I had quite a long notice period, so I didn't actually mm. start working at S forty three until the end of February. Um, so if you ever have a job you dislike, working a long notice period isn't a fun thing to do. No, but, uh, no, no. <laughs> I guess it's a, it's a thing that you have to do sometimes, but it was worth it. Um, and yeah, I started the job in March, no, in the end of February. Um, but then the brewery manager, Alan, was leaving the brewery. So mm-hmm. just as I was starting, there was me, um, two of the members of staff in like the sales department, and then the three guys in the brewery mm-hmm. um, and a driver. And then obviously lockdown happened. So Alan left and then they obviously had to put everyone on furlough for like a, a little bit just while they saw what was like the industry was going like and there was only yeah. a few a few of the main guys working. Um they hired Brad, who is now the sales manager. Um and he took over Alan pretty much because they were like, we don't really need a brewery manager because the guys in the brewery were like looking after their all the stuff in terms of ordering ingredients and like mm. just keeping on top of general daily tasks. And then Brad was hired to kind of manage the sales side of things, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> the obviously like after lockdown, people started getting brought back, but then unfortunately weren't able to bring the full team back um, because unfortunately that's the way things have happened. Um, But yeah, so it's it's turned out that I am now the most long-standing person like on the office side of things. (laughs) So even though I only started at the end of February, I actually worked there for longer than Brad because it's just me, Brad. And then we have a lad called Sam who only just started with us in mm. September, but he's kind of split between the brewery and the office at the minute because he's yeah he he we're, we're based above a pub, All um, right. and when like the the office is above the pub and the brewery is next door to the pub, um, we don't have the pub or anything like that. It's just that is where the brewery is. Mm. Um, but Sam used to work in the pub just behind the bar and um, used to work in the kitchen and whatnot. And we started like I started to talk to him over the first lockdown when we came back to work and everything. Um, and he just started asking loads of the right questions. So when we said that we needed to hire someone to come and do a few days a week in the brewery uh, and do like odd jobs, when things started picking up in September, when all the pubs had reopened, we it just felt like a no-brainer to ask him. Um, yeah. yeah. So then there's now there's three guys working in the brewery, two guys working in the office, and then Sam, who's split between the two. Um so we're still a very small team as far as breweries go, considering how much beer we're putting out at the minute. Mm. I think I think that's the one thing that maybe not a lot of people understand is that for such sort of not a large scale operation, but a, a sizable operation, that there's not actually many people behind the scenes in a lot of instances, is there? Yeah, I mean, like it, it's crazy because if you look, there's like um, there's some breweries that have been pumping out loads of beer last year, and you think some of them are huge. And some of them are like absolutely. I, I can't fathom how much beer they actually produce a month. But then some mm. of them are literally just like two people in a shed who are using mobile canners who are just really passionate and really dedicated. I'm not saying that the bigger breweries mm. aren't big, passionate, and dedicated. But if you're gonna do it on that small of a scale, you need to be prepared to like that is your life. 
to the yeah. brewery is your life. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think there's there's one of the the things that I've sort of learned from a just learning more about it will be from being more involved with it now with, with the shop, which is how obviously how we've got got to to the point we're at this evening mm-hmm. is that there's not a lot of there's a lot of hard work, but there's actually not that sort of a lot of money it's not that all that glamorous that some people think that if you if you work in a brewery or you just make beer and just drink beer off like me or you just work in a in a bottle shop you just sit and sell beer and drink beer it's just it's just not that simple is it well considering the brewery at the minute like the actual brewery itself has been like below zero for about a month Mm. it's it's definitely not glamorous i think Mm. like if you look at some places like that have like really automated kits and stuff um I imagine it's a lot kind of it's not easier, but it's kind of it'd be nicer to just not have to do the manual labor side of things. Like, yeah. um, but when when we have to clean out our mash tun, you literally have to open the door and dig out all of the mash yourself. There's no rake that pushes the mash out. Um, mm. We're in there with hoses cleaning everything down. It's very, very like it, it's the most manual you could probably get in the in our brewery. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Um, but then, like at the same time, I'm I'm a pretty like uh, DIY person. Like I've always had like a bit of a like if if something needs to be done, just do it yourself kind of thing. Um, yeah. Which is why I'm really grateful that I did get the the job at S43 because I think everyone at the brewery has that same ethic, and it's like there's no there's no point in in complaining about the circumstances that you're in because like if we want to get it done, we're relying on ourselves to get it done. Um, mm. And I really like that. Like we're all really involved. I think it it'd be be really interesting to work for a bigger brewery because obviously there'll be so many more roles and there'll be so many more things to do. But because there's so few of us, like I can be really involved in everything. Um, yeah. So whereas, like, I think if I was just sat at a desk making sales all day, I'd probably be bored out of my mind because it, yeah, I, yeah. I just hate staring at a computer screen. But like. There's days when if someone's got holiday, I'll be helping brew. Um, like we're always talking about things. Everything that happens in the brewery all just happens whilst we're at there in work. Whereas I feel like mm. if you're working for a bigger company, there's other people who are doing all that to see them decisions, making them decisions for you. So yeah, it's yeah. really nice to be involved and. Yeah, I feel incredibly fortunate that I managed to get with S43 because I think they're at, we're at the good stage now where everything's still really young. Indeed, although we're not mm. really a young brewery because we were doing cask beer for a long time before we started doing craft. Um, everything that we're doing still feels like really new and fresh. So it's like we're still, we've got a long way to go. It's, it's cool to start at the company, especially when I have no brewery experience because I thought I, it's one of them jobs I really wanted to get into when I was thinking yeah. like I didn't enjoy my old job that much, but I just thought I'll never get into that because I've got no experience. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to brew. I don't really have nine grand to go and do one of them like month long brewing courses that you can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just thought I'd never get there. Um, but it turns out that sometimes all it does, it all it all needs to happen is someone needs to take a chance on you and think, well, yeah, they're yeah. passionate about beer. Um, and yeah, I, I hope it's paid off for S43 as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure it has, mate. Especially if they're still interested in you as well. You know, it's and that is the same same for me in many circumstances. Because my my last job, 
I I I really was I was looking for a new job because I really sort of fell out of love with it. Mm-hmm. I got made redundant because of the whole COVID situation. Yeah. Um. I was I was a team leader in my previous job, okay. and I was the the biggest sort of expense for that department. So it's like you know we have to let you go sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I got to know James, who runs our shop, just from shopping there. Yeah. Then he wanted to do a few things in shop, expand the shop. He offered me a job. I went to work there. And now it's turned out to be sort of a full time gig. So I know. Yeah. And I was the same as you that I knew I wanted to get into beer because I'd done I'd done this point to brew sort of just drinking beer and enjoying beer. I was like I'd really the the goal is I do want to get into it in some capacity. Yeah. But when you don't have that background and you you get obviously you you in a similar boat is that the salaries in sort of the corporate world compared to the brewing world are sort of complete polar opposites really yes. in many <laughs> many situations. It's going it's going from earning more money and the, to earning less money and it's sort of a less stable environment as well mm-hmm. obviously taking covid out of the situation From- is a, it's, a, it's a big bold step really so to, to when it's the choices was out of my hands it kind of fell right and obviously for you it kind of fell yeah, right at absolutely. the right place at the right time didn't yeah, it it was on, on, on like the decision to come work at s43 is definitely the best decision i've ever made um mm. like i'm incredible i'm i'm incredibly grateful that i managed to get the job um i'm extremely grateful that not only have like we've been able to survive COVID but like if anything craft beer has probably benefited a little bit from it um I, I'd say so pubs yeah. obviously absolutely like it's devastating the fact that the hospitality sector has been completely ruined um pretty much since March last year but mm. like for general craft breweries if you can put things in cans um there's been more people sick of drinking cans of Stella and Carlin every night who've gone to the end yep. of the supermarket aisle and thought, oh, I've never had that beer before. I'm going to try that. And after they've had mm. five or six different beers from the supermarket, and they're like, actually, I think I prefer this stuff. That's when mm. you guys step in. And yeah. I, I think more and more bottle shops are popping open over the in, in the UK probably last year than I imagine ever have. Um, and I think that's just going to keep going. And that's how that's how you build an industry, really, isn't it? Like it's it's going to just. I think the, even though. Is there a specific date on like when you would say like craft beer first started in the UK? I mean, it, it was before I was even into mm. it, but it's probably good. Sort of, the start was probably about what sort of, nearly sort of like ten years yeah, ago or so. I'd, I'd say probably like Something ten like years, that. and then when like. I have. I remember going to the Northern Monk Refectory when they first opened it in Leeds, and I can't remember mm. if that was two thousand fourteen or two thousand fifteen. Um, I might be completely wrong. It might have been two thousand and thirteen. Um, but the I just remember going there, and that was like, I think there was that and maybe North Bar, but then I think North yeah. might have been like they they did a lot more cask back then. Um. So even though it was still like it, it's still a pretty similar bar to what you're going to now, it wasn't half as much like craft beer on the taps and whatnot. So like, if you consider America have been doing the craft beer since probably I don't even know the nineties, maybe two early two thousands. Like we've got a long way to go yet, and it's only going to grow. Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent, mate, hundred percent. Like you say, there's been there's been more people that have stumbled onto craft beer from from going from the sort of the more core and mass-produced stuff 
during this lockdown for sure. And we've seen it first and coming mm-hmm. into the shop of I started on this, I found this at supermarket, I've enjoyed this. What do you recommend? And it just it just stems yeah. from there, mate. And that's the that's the beauty of it, is that there's there's something there's something for, for everybody yeah. in there. So you know, whether it's I like a, a thick juicy New England, I like a West Coast, I like a sour, I like a stout. Yeah. There will there will be a beer in there for for anybody. The, so it's it like you say it's it has it has benefited in some ways. It's also done a, a fair oh, bit of damage, absolutely. but more sort of opening the market up to a, a wider yeah. market certainly has been one of the things that has happened as a yeah. result of it. I think, like like you just said, there there is actually a beer for everyone. Like there's some people who mm. you, there's like that generic kind of image of people who just don't like beer who think like they just think of a lager when they think of a beer but it's like actually if you gave mm-hmm. them like i don't know like a really juicy new england ipa that doesn't taste anything like that like th- there is a beer for everyone and i don't and it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily need to be like a uh, like a lambic fruited beer or anything like that it literally you will find something in some form of beer out there that i bet you can enjoy and I think more people are going to be open, open their eyes to that because I think, like, if anything, this year I've realized, like, the definition of beer is such a wide range as well. Like, beer mm. is not just, like, cloudy, um, brown, fizzy water <laughs> that, that gets you drunk. Yeah, like, yeah. If you, like, I've seen them things in, um, they're like slushies. That are starting to come out in like some American breweries where it literally like you freeze them and you shake them and you pour mm-hmm. out and it's like a slush and it's like that's still a beer. Yeah. Might not be nice, but mm-hmm. it's still a beer. Um, yeah, yeah. The more people that realize that, I think that that's when the UK is going to really like see its big, big craft beer boom. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. I've I've had um I've had a couple of soft serves in it over here. Um, when it when it's been on, there's uh, the vocation bar in Leeds. Oh, they had them on. The, there? Uh, the assem- this, yeah, assembly underground. They had um Schoffer Hoffer. If yeah, you ever yeah, had it course. before, the, the they they had that on on oh, soft serve, and oh, just drinking amazing. that in the in the in the summer. They had um it was it was obviously a year before last now, but my missus, she doesn't really drink beer. She's more like cider, gin, mm. that sort of that side of things. And there's some beers that she drinks, some she don't, but I she loves Schofferhofer, but they had Schofferhofer and they had a cider that was also on soft yeah. serve. And it was just like middle of summer and that was just oh just so I incredible. And it all was all day in the middle of summer. Oh mate, it's just such a we we got it we've we've just got some more Belgian stuff in the shop and some more sort of European German mm-hmm. style stuff and I said if we can get Schoff, we have to get it in. Like we, <laughs> we just it's so cheap and so nice. It's just like you say, if you sit in a pub garden drinking that all day, I could I could be there. I'd be there just pint after pint after pint of that. And obviously with it on have been sort of two and a half percent you'd you'd be yeah. laughing really, but it's just so oh, nice. Yeah. Have you ever, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you, you ever been ridiculous. to uh, Germany before? I've went once on a business trip for two days and that's it. But I really do yeah, want to go there like, for longer. I went, um, I went to Berlin on the that um, interrailing trip, and like every mm. every single shop has not just like your grapefruit Schofferhofer, but they have like cactus mm. Schofferhofer, kiwi Schofferhofer. It's just like every single wow. flavor, and like it, it's just accepted to drink on the street over there. So it's just like it, it's, oh, wow. it's hot. <laughs> you go in, and it's not just like. Any corner shop that you go in has like as a fridge that is just full of beer, and it's like fair enough. The craft scene's a little bit different over there because like they're still very much into the lagers and like more traditional German mm. styles of beer. 
but like their fridges yeah. are like if you walked into a bottle shop that had a German section, that's what the fridge in every single corner shop's like, and it's just like it's, it's insane, and it's cheap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, this is it, and it, it's so cheap because obviously it's it's part it's it's fifty percent juice and fifty percent wheat beer, which obviously wheat beer is generally lighter and cheaper yeah. anyway. Um, but I've I've seen that there are many different variants of shoff which you can't necessarily get over here, which is probably going to be much more of a prevalent thing now post Brexit. Yeah. But certainly, if I could go over there and just try all the different variants of that, I'd 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 be I'd be yeah. laughing because it's just so it's nice, it's so nice, so drinkable. It's it's it was like thirty six so. degrees as well one day, so it definitely makes it better when yeah. you're drinking that in thirty six degrees. Yeah, it's just it's just. The summer's made for those sort of beers, either sours or light wheat beers, anything like that. It's just perfect, perfect yeah. beer weather, isn't yeah. it? Really. So, so yeah, perfect, mate. So I think we'll uh, we'll take a short pause cool. there, then we'll uh, we'll come back with a couple of other bits and pieces, Lovely. and uh, we'll Spot crack on. on. No worries. Right, so we've come back to the last part of the show. So, Jonathan. S43 have some interesting beer names, to say the least, and there is yeah. one in particular which got you noticed more so than others. Um, so tell me, if you can, in as much detail as you can, how do your, how do your names come about? Is it a case of that you have the, the names before the beer or the names come after the beer has been decided? What's, what's the story there? Um, it all depends. So I think we've uh, gotten a little bit of attention this year, well, last year, because of the names of some of our beers. Obviously, there's one that got us not into trouble because the, the company um, that we are meant to talk about, wink, wink, um, <laughs> they, um, they were really kind about everything. Like, they didn't kind of send us anything nasty and they just kind of said, look, like, sell what you can. Just please don't use our branding anymore um which is fair enough but we with that one because we knew the kind of we knew what the beer was and we knew what it was going to be um we essentially we have a guy who does like all of our designs called lex who's like an amazing designer does some really good stuff and um, mm-hmm. he does all of our can designs he has done since i think the end of 2019 mm-hmm. um so everything that you see or anything that you see, like he does our website, it's all done by him. So like he's a proper hard worker, does so much work for us. So it's all massively appreciated. But he, um, we essentially told him what it was, the beer was going to be. And he just went, ran with that um, and came back with the design. that was just like, okay, we can't not do this. <laughs> um, obviously the, it was very on the nose uh we've had a couple others say, like the uh the pumpkin pumpkin dark side that was very on the nose yeah um close to a very famous coffee brand um <laughs> but you you you're like yeah you you've got a you you, you need, the, the weird thing with beer at the minute is like people obviously it's an old saying people buy with their eyes um yeah. and i think if you know what you like you're going to go in and you don't care what the can design looks like. You're going to see the breweries, you know, and you're going to see what hops are in the beer and you're going to see what type of beer it is. And you're going to say, I know that I like a hazy new England that is between six and 7%. Um, and if it's got pro- probably any kind of hop, to be honest, but like, as long as it's by a brewery that I know a good and 
fits that certain criteria, I know I'm going to enjoy that beer. But yeah. if I have only been to a supermarket and only had a few beers, now walk in somewhere, I'm going to go, well, that's got a cooler can than that one. I want to get that beer. Mm. Um, so I think like we we don't just want to be known for just our can designs, but it definitely does help to have a nice can design. Um, oh yeah. Also, because like it, it, it's it's art, isn't it? It's like it's being creative, and there's people, there's loads of people on like Instagram and stuff who like turn cans into like plant pots or candles and stuff, and like it's really cool to see what people are doing to upcycle their old beer cans mm-hmm. because there is a lot of time and effort goes into them. Um, yeah. But yeah, just for the names, um, it's generally like um, we did the what Mister Sipling. Mm-hmm. Um, we were really struggling for a name with that. Um, we knew we were going to do uh, Battenberg Sour, and we just weren't sure. We were maybe thinking of calling like Battenberg, but like Battenberg. Um, tip of the Battenberg was another one, but just none of them kind of really clicked. Um, yeah. And then we thought if we call it Mister Sipling, that might look, be a little bit on the nose. But then also, if we make sure the can design's a little bit different, um, and, like it, it's all paying homage to things as well. We're not doing them just to kind of rip off these things. Yeah. We're doing them because yeah, yeah. we're fans of these things. Like Alex loves Battenberg cakes. That's yeah. why he wanted to make a Battenberg beer. And that brand that makes them Battenberg cakes are the ones that he probably buys the most. So there is a reason <laughs> why we do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's there's no set formula. Um, there's some like generally the the beer style will come first. Um. Mm. And then we will say this is the kind of beer that we'll normally just talk about names. It's never a kind of sit down, what shall we call this beer? It's just like, oh, we've got this beer coming up. What do you think of this name? And then sometimes the first one that we come up with will just stick. Um, Then there's other ones where it's like we did Pink Chimneys in October, um, which is a song, a New England IPA. It's a song by a band called The Promise Ring. Um, mm-hmm. And the basic, the verse of the song is about New England in your life. So I was like, that's why I want to call that a New England IPA. Um, the, the New England IPA, Pink Chimneys. Um, but like, there's no set person who comes up with the names. There's no mm-hmm. set formula. It's just whatever we think sounds good um, and will help sell the beer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most of it's just in jokes and stuff as well. Uh, there's quite a lot of them coming up this year that have like a lot more in joke side of things because it's just there's been a lot of funny things said at the brewery, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's and the the sort of the more personality that you guys put into it, I guess that's that's as much as anything, isn't it? You like you say, it's just a lot of these things will probably just roll off the tongue, or it'll be sort of like say some that something said or something's happened, and then it just it just it just fits and it just works, and then it's just yeah brings the beer to, to life and gives it a bit more than just we call it this because we have to or we yeah. couldn't think of anything else to call it so we called it this yeah, so it, we, it definitely gives more more to it and more of a story behind it yeah we're quite like we we know we, we're all really behind the beer um mm-hmm. and we know that the beer that we produce is really great um I really love the beer so it's not hard to sell the beer itself but like mm-hmm. to also have like you've put something into the can everyone's collaborated on the design um it's been like a conversation that's happened it just makes it a lot more easy to get behind because you feel like it's something that everyone's kind of had an input into um 
obviously Alex ultimately has come up with a with a recipe. Um, although we do, we'll talk about. We'll generally so at the minute we have up until June's beer schedule sorted. Oh wow! Um, so we know what we're going to be brewing, the dates we're going to be canning them on, um, and what's going into every one of them beers. But like, so it got to about November last year, and Alex was like, "Right, I need to start thinking about the first half of 2021." Mm-hmm. What do you guys want? What do you want to brew? So we'll start like spitballing some ideas. We'll talk about beers that we want to do. Um, and like, I think last year was a bit, it was an interesting one because we were in lockdown for the majority of the year. I know we're in lockdown right now. Um, but I feel like we've become a lot more accustomed to being in lockdown. Um, so it's not like as crazy as the first one because we know how everything's going to happen. Mm. Um, so we kind of we can plan a lot better is what I'm trying to say really like we, we can yeah, plan yeah. for this year a lot easier whereas last year it was kind of like oh this this year's gone down well like maybe we should do this maybe we should do that whereas now we're like well we can really start playing to our strengths we can start trying new things um, we've had some beers that completely fell flat last year we know what went wrong with them so we know what to avoid or maybe how to try things differently this year and it's just like the entire process of how we can do things, um, we just try to be as organised as possible with it. Yeah, yeah. You kind of, in a way, you're almost a little bit better prepared, aren't you? Yeah. You can, you can. How how you guys work, how you can operate, what's what is isn't isn't going to happen really? I suppose in some respects, you are a little bit better geared up towards it. It's not ideal, obviously, but like you say, compared to last year of plunking, this is a lockdown. It's like, oh my god, what do we do? Yeah. At least now they say you're in a lockdown. It's like right, not ideal, but this is what we need to do. How we work it, yeah. da, 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 and to some extent, at least plan a little bit, and to be able to plan till June, especially, which doesn't sound like a, a massive thing, but certainly in the sort of light of the current situation and times, being able to plan six mm-hmm. months in advance at least is fairly decent, really, isn't yeah. it? To know what you what you're going to be doing and when. I mean, we've got so we've got a month every give or take mm. a couple in a certain beers take longer to ferment and whatnot so we mm-hmm. do for them um so we've got all of them planned until june but then we also have like it, it's just a, a whiteboard <laughs> with all the with all the stuff on <laughs> uh, then we have like an ideas section and that probably has another 10 different beer styles yeah individual what you'd call a core beer or anything like that it's all new ideas that we just want to get out mm-hmm. as much as we can mm. yeah 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 no it's, it's it's good that you you are able to do that and to like say have at least at least part of a focus on on what you can do and Absolutely. if there's any way that you can squeeze in sort of specials or one-offs or other things that that's the you one. might not be able to fit in the schedule. That's 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 a bonus as well, isn't it? Yeah. The one the one thing that's really missing now is pubs. Mm. What we but it would be as just nicer on keg, um, and yeah, it'd be definitely. it'd be like in the end of August last year, beginning of September, we started to do like a shift where it was more like sixty percent can, forty percent keg. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously we got put in another bloody lockdown halfway through October anyway, so um, that didn't go to plan. 
But to be able to put 40% of our beer in keg and know that we can get a lot of it out in the pubs and in what is going to taste the nicest form with less risk of like having a dud can or um, a keg's not potentially going to get knocked around in transit or anything like that. It just, yes. it would be so much better. So I think once the pub, yeah. and then that's when we can start being like, well, there is a gap in the schedule. Why don't we just do a keg only brew of a certain beer? Maybe we could rebrew a beer that we did last year, but Alex doesn't need to worry about the recipe because he's already done the beer. But because mm-hmm. we can our own time, we that can come and do the cannon run or anything. It's just that's it. It's done. We can keg it when it's ready, and it's mm. no, it's just extra beer to go out in the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing, and I think again, it's one thing that sort of people haven't appreciated is that if you are committing to canning and bottling, it's so much more work to do that as opposed to kegging or putting in a cask. And yeah. in, in many ways, like you say, a lot of breweries keg and cask accounts for upwards of 80% of their business. Yeah. That absolutely. Can, or, can or bottle is twice, if not more the work for a lot less, a lot less income and margin for what it normally would be to, to put it yeah. into a pub. Absolutely, and like cask beer is not really something that we've spoken about, but obviously, like S forty three do still do cask, mm-hmm. um, and we have four cask beers that we've currently like. Well, we've not currently got them, but that is our like our lineup for cask beer, mm-hmm. and I, I I think the cask that we do is great, and it's it's so sad that we haven't been able to brew. I think the last time we brewed it was September, mm. and I like. Even just being able to go to a pub and having a nice pint of cask beer is just something that I really miss. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, it's just a bit of a. It, I, I'm very glad that we have the craft side of things to fall back on, um, but there is other breweries that don't have that, and that just must be like a really horrible position to be in at the minute. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, and I know it's kind of. The the, the, the the brewery that I'm going to use as an example, some people think it's a bad example, but it came out, the sort of, I think it was last week, that like Timmy Taylor's, because obviously they're yeah. traditionally a cask brewery, they're yeah. not doing cask again for the foreseeable future, just bottling, and they've had to make most of their staff now either redundant or furlough a lot of them yeah. because of what's going on. And like you say, for mm-hmm. those more traditional breweries that like they do own pubs and just really supply pubs, yeah, you yeah. can get you know, Timmy Taylor's and Landlord in bottles, but 90, 95% of their stuff is cask and pub driven. That's just obliterated them for the foreseeable now, hasn't it? You know, even when pubs do open again, that's not going to be the same for them again now. Yeah. When, when I saw that, I was like that, that's like, obviously they've had some flack about the fact that they've not kept staff on and stuff like that. And like, realistically, if you, if the furlough scheme is available, places should use that over mm-hmm. making redundancies because yeah. um, I'm pretty sure that there will be a time at some point this year where Timothy Taylor's will be back in every pub um, selling as much beer if not more than they were because people would be desperate for it mm-hmm. um, it's it's Alex the head brewer's favourite cask beer uh, he loves it Like it's, mm. it is a good beer, it's got a really great reputation um, and it is a proper shame to see the fact that they have had to s- slow down their production especially when you're I imagine that being a brewery of that size to not be pumping out beer constantly will be really detrimental to your business. Cause like the fact that you have all them tanks and everything they'll have, it must be like, it, it must suck to be in that position at the minute, regardless of 
what they've done. I do feel for every brewery that isn't being able to do what they are built to do, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, and, and like you say, it's as it, with the with craft at least you are able to do more things with it than than sort of cask beer, really, and you know it's yeah. At least absolutely. with that, you can 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 beer is obviously for for want of whether people agree or not is better than bottle, but for cask in particular, it's hard. You, you can't get cask beer right or as nice as it can no. be at is first it, it's on cask it needs is, to be served through a cask through a sparkler yeah, you know at least with craft beer keg is better but at least if you are getting it in fills or can or whatever at least you are getting a still a quality product whereas Absolutely. with cask it needs to be through that hand pump 100 yeah, even even a bottled cask beer just isn't quite the same no like, no, no. I've I've had I've had bottled cask beers and I've had the exact same beer on cask and it is like night and day. Mm. And yeah, I, I know places are doing like mini kegs and stuff like that, but even that just isn't quite the same as having a proper no. pint of cask from a handful. Uh, but I, I do think that people really have missed that this last year. Mm. Um, and I think that as soon as the opportunity to come back and drink safely in a point where there isn't going to be another lockdown six weeks down the line and whatnot. People will absolutely go mad for it. Um, yeah. And I do, I, I genuinely believe and hope that will happen because when it does, it's going to be <laughs> one of the best, one of the best few weeks ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to be booming, isn't it? You know, yeah. we, we've, we've, we've said the same at the shop is that the, the thing that, because last year we'd have had festivals, tastings, this, that, and other, just like, just like everybody, you know, the, your big festivals, yeah. Hop City, In Demand, Leeds International, all that's been yeah. postponed. As mm. soon as the sort of those doors are opened, those the floodgates are going to open for that, aren't they? You know, the, the demand is just going to skyrocket for yeah. that sort of thing. So we've said a to go to go drinking, but b to do our own festival and stuff for keg, cask, whatever. Yeah. Just as soon as that door's opened, right? Get in what you can. Mm-hmm. sort some out get on it because everyone is just going to want the stuff that they've not been able to have and and yeah. rightly so because it's like you say and the thing for beer is it's a social thing you know yeah. at the end of the day it's drinking beer on sat, sat at home on your own watching telly or playing xbox or whatever is not the same as no. going and even it's just with another person just yeah. calling in at a pub or do you want to have a drink after work tonight yeah we'll go for one or two beers it's just it's just simply not the same or even if you do it over zoom or whatever mm-hmm. it's 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 just not the same experience so yeah people are, are desperate for that interaction they're desperate Absolutely. for that experience and the beer served in that that style that manner and for, from your point of view as a brewery knowing that you can do that is just is better because you know that you can do more you can sell more you can brew more yeah. Like you say, we can do well. This this beer will literally be a keg or a cask beer only. Absolutely, drive people into the pubs and get you know get people coming to you for other other beers and other styles. It's just mm-hmm. it's such a, an open market, really, isn't it? It's yeah, it's just so important, so and so important. That's the one thing that like one of the big parts of like working in beer sales is is actually going out and visiting pubs and like I think mm. for as, as long as breweries have been open there have been sales reps going into pubs um, selling beer to people. Mm-hmm. And because of when I started at S43, I literally haven't, apart from I, I did one day when I did some deliveries um, yeah. to like the, the bottle shops in Newcastle last year. Other than that, apart from actually like visiting bottle shops of my own accord to go and buy beer, I haven't mm. been able to go and into a single pub and say, oh, 
I'm from S43 Brewery. Have you ever had our beer before? And like, mm. I, I don't mind like I I don't mind being in the office and like um, and sending emails and talking to people on the phone and stuff. But I I I can't wait for the day when I can just get on a get in my car, drive to Leeds, and just walk into a pub or walk into a place like even a place that I've already been speaking to and meet these people face to face. Because yeah. like I've yeah, been yeah. emailing people for a year, I've been speaking to them on the phone, but like I've never been able to actually go in and say, "Oh, like this is me. This is who you've been emailing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Let, let's have a beer. Let's have a coffee." Like, and that's what I think one of the the perks of the job of working in a brewery is is that you get to have them social interactions, mm-hmm. and I haven't really been able to do that yet. Yeah. And like yeah, yeah. that that's how you spread the word of your beer. You go to beer festivals, you like you speak to people, you meet new people, you meet other breweries. And like we've done amazing last year. And I think the fact that we're still pumping out beer at the rate we are and doing new beers is fantastic. But I think if we'd been able to actually go out and meet people properly, we'd have had an even better year than we did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent like you say. Yeah. Just even like like we said earlier, just this this podcast has come about just from us emailing from a point of view of us as Yorkshire Craft is buying your beer. Yeah, but we've this is the first time that we've even spoke absolutely uh, even over 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 a phone or by mm-hmm. a chat. But to to be able to either to you come to us or to us come to you or whatever way around. Yeah, that interaction is just so important. Of you know, you just coming down and seeing your beer on our shelves and just seeing people buy it and how it's going absolutely. and this that you know this that and the other and going to a pub. It's just. It's just such a big thing. It's just such a a big thing that doesn't happen. It's of we get local brewers dropping in now every now and again, yeah. you know, as part of a delivery or just calling past or what have you, but not nowhere near as often as 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 what it what it would be yeah. in sort of normal times. But it's it's that thing that and, and it's credit to to yourselves as as a brewery and the actual product that you're putting out that you are still doing well in spite of the obstacles that you've yeah. had to face and you are still managing, like you say, to, to put out the, the quantity of beers that you are. And mm-hmm. and certainly things that we mentioned earlier, you know, you, you branding and being put in the spotlight by as one beer in particular has helped. <laughs> but the the, the the quality shines for itself, doesn't it? You know, the, the, the end of the day, the beer speaks for itself. If people like the beer, they'll buy the beer. If they don't, they won't. And the fact that you are putting that beer out in spite of all these things that have happened really is testament to the to the end products that yeah is is on the shelves at the end of the day so yeah. it's it's great that 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 has still happened yeah i think like we obviously have have been given a bit of a boost by some things um last year and whatnot but like ultimately the most important thing to us as the brewery is the quality of beer like mm-hmm. if the if it went out in a blank silver can that literally just had the beer style on as long as the beer was great to us that is the most important thing so like yeah. I, I think that's kind of that is the main that is the most important thing to us, and I hope that that's what people can see is like yeah we do have like we we have funny names we have some interesting can designs and we do like to we make a bit of fun of ourselves as well we don't take ourselves too seriously but if the beer quality wasn't there we wouldn't be doing this because yeah. we're we're all doing it because we love the beer that we make and we're all a hundred percent behind it and we're passionate about it yeah. Yeah, definitely, and and that at the end of the day, if you weren't passionate about it, then the product probably wouldn't be as good because you wouldn't care about it as much, Absolutely. and you probably put as much time and thought into it. So, mm-hmm. the fact that it the fact that it comes through from the start to finish yeah. is 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 the the biggest and most important mm-hmm. thing I think, really. So, and no, it's, uh, it's... that we, I want to share that kind of passion 
with actually people in real life. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's yeah, just yeah. been the main. Like a phone call is great, but like if I called you at Yorkshire Craft Beers um, tomorrow at two in the afternoon, you might have a couple of people in the shop. I, I, I don't know what mm. the current circumstances are like, how many people are out in the shop, but you might have a couple of people in the shop. You might have to someone come at the till, and it's just like it's not quite the same. And I no, always feel no. like if I even if I'm picking up the phone to someone who I speak to on every two weeks to tell about tell them about our new beers and whatnot, I still always have it in the back of my head that actually this person is working in a shop right now and mm. they might actually be busy. It might not be a good time for them. Um, whereas if, if you popped into a shop and it was quite busy, you can, you can read the room. You can say, look, this is too busy. I'm going to come back later. Or you can yeah, at yeah. least like be having a crack on with someone. And then if someone comes to the till, you can either involve that person in the conversation or you can say, look, right, I'm going to let you do your business and then I'll come back and that we'll talk then. And I yeah. just think like yeah, yeah. that has been the one miss that I was really looking forward to doing when I started the job that I still mm. haven't been able to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's something that you've uh, still got to look forward to, mate. And hopefully, exactly. uh, hopefully, it'll uh, happen happen sooner rather than later. And in some capacity, like I say, whether it be us come to you or you come to us, we'll be able to 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 have a have a have a chat and have a beer more to the point at some point so that's the that's the biggest thing is like you say if you could just go and share a, a beer or something just mm-hmm. have a chat about how things are going in the beers and that's the that's the dream as soon that's as dream. as soon as i physically can because obviously like apart from newcastle um leeds is probably obviously york has a good beer scene but like leeds is probably the next major city that i would say is like a real hub for craft beer at the minute mm. and yeah, I, yeah. as soon as i can i'm going to Leeds and I'm going to make sure that every single bottle shop that we've sold to <laughs> I can come say hello to everyone because like Le- Leeds is one of them places that I'd normally go to three or four times a year I have friends who live in Leeds and stuff and like just to be able to go and sit in like North Bar or White Locks or um, I can't even think there's so many good places to drink in Leeds like Northern Monk and stuff like Mm. to be able to just go to one of them and sit and have a pint with one of my friends is just like it doesn't feel real <laughs> it's been that yeah. long yeah yeah so yeah it's it's a pipe dream but yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you say we've got so many and there's the new brew york place there's new brew york north, places north are just expanding and opening their new place at some point so yeah. it's just it's becoming even even better if that was even possible for there's so for many craft food beer, places so it's, it's just like yeah yeah it's such an awesome place to go and just spend a few days and i, I haven't done that once last year and it's just like that it does it does matter i mm. think that that's been the main thing that's really bothered me about the lockdown is just the lack of being able to travel and go see people so mm. yeah yeah, yeah. Well, fingers crossed sometime soon, mate. Eh? So, we'll, <laughs> um, But if you are out, out and about, it'll be great to, uh, to, like you say, go out into Leeds or wherever and uh, share a couple of drinks. and Absolutely. Get back to normal, mate. Get back yes. to normal. So we'll, yes, uh, we'll live in hope. We'll live in hope. So, <laughs> so I think that's uh, as good a place as uh, any to, to wind up and uh, end the show there. So, Absolutely. mate, thank you ever ever so much for, for jumping on. It's been a pleasure and it's great to have a, have a natter, actually verbally rather yes. than just sharing emails backwards and forwards Indeed. through through for, for work purposes and in a range of this podcast so yeah um in terms of keeping up to date with s43 mate is just instagram twitter facebook the usual places for for yeah um, and and such yeah so the in, instagram um in facebook and then we've just managed to get our twitter back on line today um we were locked out of it for some reason and then 
uh, just could never get the password reset. But then we've managed to get it done last week. So we are now live again on Twitter. So Sam is going to be running the Twitter from now on. So if anyone wants to say hello to Sam, it's at S43 Brewery. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Yep, so I'm sure many people will already be following you, but for anybody who doesn't, then by all means, please go check out the guys on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for myself, if people aren't following me by now, I am at points underscore of underscore brew on Instagram and Twitter. But until next time, mate, I'll speak to you soon. Uh, well, thank you guys at home for listening, and uh, stay tuned for the next one. Thanks for having me as well. Appreciate it. No, no, it's a pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah.